Hello listeners and welcome to the Monto Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. In today's pod we take a close look at Denmark. Danske Commodities is the latest trading firm to post record high profits, following similar earnings boosts at Nordlys and Energi Danmark. At the same time, several traders are suing their former employers over unpaid bonuses and there are also allegations of market manipulation. What is going on in the Nordic country, which has been a haven for boutique trading companies for many years? Are there concerns of a regulatory backlash as we are in the middle of an energy and cost of living crisis? I'm Richard Sverson, and helping me discuss these issues are Anders Homuller, an independent consultant, and Martin Damvid of Green Power Denmark, the association of Danish energy firms. A warm welcome to you both, gentlemen. I hope you're well. Fine. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. So, um, how is the sentiment at the moment in the Danish energy sector, Martin? I think there's. Uh there's no doubt about it. it's it's busy at the moment. There's been a lot of public focus on the sector as a whole. Uh, you can say we are like in in the spotlight, uh, especially from from a customer's point of view. You can say a lot of people uh, look into energy prices and and so on, and then the whole rising of prices, of course, uh, had a lot of concern on the what you could say the public side. Uh, on the other hand, we uh, we are a little concerned as a business sector to the what the impatience about we are impatient to to like um, getting renewable up in in the speed which is needed. So at the same times we are you can say at the headlight uh, of the car, and the same times we want to like transform this uh, this sector into a green sector where we can have a lot of renewables which is actually a good thing uh, do, uh, in concern to the prices. So that's, if you put it short, what's, what the temperature of the sector is at the moment. We've seen companies post record results this year for 2022. What, what's your reaction to that? Um, uh, to the results as, as a whole, I think it's, it's um, commonly known if there, there's a variation in the prices, there's, of course, is a possibility of, of what you can say earn money, but... At the same times, the the traders is uh, actually having a, a a purpose in the market to like even out uh, the prices. So, of course, there's um, uh, that is what you could say one of the reasons why the earnings had had gone up due to the variation of the prices. And you can say uh, the main reason is of course the lack of Russian gas and the dependency of Russian gas. So, I think it's what you will see in any market is that if there's a, a lack of supply, there was uh, there's a tendency to that the prices would will go up, and of course uh, there's uh, also an uh, earning opportunity. You see that on the stock market as well. So I think it's it has something to do to the extraordinary uh, situation we are we are, we are in, and I think uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't only in the long run it would be uh, a different situation. Certainly, an extraordinary year, but and, and as you can say, you, no one is blaming these companies for for these market prices or the market situation. Um, but I, I, you, you understand that maybe there is some concern when when people can't pay their own bills, as as you as well mentioned, of course. But uh, Anders, what's what's your uh, what's your reaction to to these these bumper profits that uh, we see uh, in in Denmark? I think that we should count as lucky in Denmark that we have so many clever traders. Uh, I think it's an opportunity for the country 
you know, we have been traders in Denmark for at least 2,000 years, and this only shows us that we are carrying on with the tradition. And uh, I, But I still fear the backlash. Also, politicians in Denmark are discussing whether there should be a special tax for trading companies and stuff like that. And you can simply tax these companies out of the country. Uh, Danske Commodities just published their result uh, Wednesday, and uh, they emphasize how much tax they have paid in Denmark. If you tax these companies out of the country, well, then we don't have these taxes anymore. So I'm fearing a backlash, and I think we should count as lucky that we have so many clever traders in Denmark. But of course, uh, these accusations of uh, market manipulations, uh, that's also, that also show, uh, casts a very bad light on the business. We don't know if these, if these charges will stand. We need to emphasize that, but still it, it casts the business in a bad light. Yeah, I mean, I'll come back to that later about the surveillance regime, whether that's fit for purpose and the, and the regulatory framework on this. But how have the profits been received in, in Denmark? I'm thinking here of kind of uh, industry or the end users who, who are, you know, paying very, very high bills. Well, they are, well some, some customers are not receiving it well because they think that these profits, they have been made on their account, which they have actually not because these uh, trading companies, they're they're doing by far the most of their activity in Europe because the liquidity is the Danish market is far, far too small to carry out this kind of trading. So they are trading mainly in continental Europe, and this is where they harvest these big profits because we have this price, we have seen this price volatility in continental Europe. So I think it's very, it's a bit of sad that people think that these profits have been made uh, on their account they haven't. They have not. And are the politicians able to explain this, Martin? I mean, you know, it's very clear that in a different world, uh, without the energy crisis and the war, Dansky commodities results will be something to be celebrated. But they seem to be very low key at the moment. So um, what's the reactions from, from the politicians in Denmark? If I first just can add a little thing to what I, to, I agree with what Anna said, of course. But I also think it, it's dependent on are you talking about pro- professional customers or you're talking about private customers because that's a, that's different i think that that companies of, of course understand more or less the mechanism but it's difficult um, it's difficult to to communicate what actually what the traders do in the market for 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 most people and i think it's the same if in in regard to your question about the politicians i think we have a um uh the, the the current government have the majority at the moment, so it's like I think the opposition is looking for something to like hit the the government with, and I think that's that what that's what we are seeing now because these um, these earnings and and uh, in uh, results from the companies is especially at the left wing uh, um, a cause for for trying to make a political case out of it. I think it depends on where you are at the at the moment at the at the political range. You can say so. So, uh, but of course, it it it's. I think it it could easily go into politics. This because it's it's consumer issues in the last end. And and it, as Anna said, it isn't actually because they had uh, the traders has a purpose in the market and actually stabilizing the prices, but. I think it's very difficult. What's actually what we are seeing is like it's difficult to communicate, and everything is getting mixed together at the moment. Bad cases, uh, different issues, and 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 so on. 
So it's like you have to to com- communicate this more or less complicated thing uh, in an in a time where everybody is looking, as I started to say, at this sector. So it's um, I think things get mixed together also for the politicians. I mean, as as Anders said, you know, that a lot of the profits earned here are outside the Danish borders, you know. But is is that being explained properly here? Um, I think we try, and also. Uh, what uh, we have seen the same uh, on Wednesday when Danske Commodities came out, they are also trying to explain that in the articles and the, the television and so on. And I think what we attend as a, an organization also try to do is to explain the politicians what is actually the facts about this. I think it's the best way around it, but but uh, but it's difficult stuff sometimes. But we try to make it uh, easy to understand. Absolutely, we've seen that it's an, and it's a very political hot potato, as as it, given the the cost of living crisis. But Anders, how has I mean, uh, Martin mentioned the professional consumers of, of energy, uh, and that you know it's like the power intensive industry. How how have they reacted in 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 response to these profits, if if at all? We haven't seen any kind of uh, heavy reaction from the professional companies. I formerly worked as a secretary for the for the Federation of Danish Consumers of Energy. That's the big industrial consumers of electricity and natural gas. Not, they, they have not really reacted. I think, as Martin says, they understand that these profits are made in, uh, in, in the Europe, outside in Europe. It's not made on their account. So I, have, I haven't really seen anything. Uh, but it's true that towards the households, we have a job to explain that what are the traders actually doing? Well, the traders, I used to say the traders are just the oil in the market. The traders are simply the oil. They make uh, buyers and sellers find each other. They help them find each other. And without this oil, the market would not function properly. We would have seen some areas where the prices would have spiked much, much more than what we have seen in 2022. But of course, if you have, if you have big, big problems paying your bills for electricity and gas, and then you see uh, lots, you see dozens of Danish trading companies having bumper profits. Well, of course, your, your, your instantaneous reaction is, they have made these profits on my account. Why is this happening? It's not, a, it's not strange. Of course, you react like that. And then we have a pedagogical problem explaining that they're actually, they're actually acting as oil in the system. They dampen the prices and they have not made these profits in Denmark. Before I turn to you, Martin, but someone's paying for this. Someone's... You know, it's not just high market prices uh, causing this. Someone's having to to fork out. Someone's losing here. Anders, who who, who could they be? Well, uh, you know, when when you have fluctuating prices, the traders they don't care if the prices are high or low. As you know, they they make profit on fluctuating prices, and then you simply sell when you have a spike, upward spike, and you buy when you have a downward spike. Those traders who actually make money. They are those who correct the prices in the right direction. If you're selling when the prices spike higher than what is a reasonable market price, well, just by selling, you are naturally you are naturally putting a downward pressure on the price. So uh, if you if you are a clever trader, if you see the prices are now unreasonable high, then you start selling, and then later on when the prices go lower, then you start buying. But you are actually correcting the price signal. So, uh, so who are who are paying? Well, those traders were stupid. <laughs> those who bought when the prices were too high, and those and uh, those who were selling when we had a we had a downward spike. And of course, this uh, this stupid trader who were buying when the prices were too high, 
that could be a supplier trying to sell to you and me. But uh, here, at least here in Denmark, the households, they can leave their supplier with three months' notice. So if you're a household, if you think your supplier is charging me too high prices, well, then just leave him. Go to another supplier. So somebody is losing. Those who are losing are, are the stupid traders, so who bought when the prices were spiking up. But if this is your supplier, then just leave him. That's very possible in, in several other countries in Europe on this. But you were going to add something to that, Martin. Um, yeah, I think that it's very it's very important to to like separate social policy and energy policy. And I think what we are seeing also in Europe is this going to be mixed together. We have seen suggestions about capping the prices and so on. So. What Anna's just explained about the, the what you can say the mechanics or the oil in the in the in the the business is like have that we it's important to not to stop these mechanisms, and I think if, when when you're mi- mixing up uh, social policy with energy policy, I, uh, of course it's natural because the politicians want to react, but I think it would uh, it'll have a negative impact on the market when when these things uh, get mixed together Anders, yeah. yes uh, i'll just uh, say i agree completely and you know we have a slogan you should support people commodities don't need support support people not commodities so if the government intervenes and artificially keeps the price of electricity and gas down then you're supporting commodities not people You should support the people, those who who live on the small budgets. They need support when the prices go high, sky high. And those who are not living on small budgets, they just have to swallow it. They just have to suck it up and pay these high prices for energy. If you artificially are lowering the prices for energy, then you're keeping the consumption high during a period when we have very high prices. And you know, when Putin closes, uh, when Putin more or less shuts off the gas, then the prices go high and then someone must pay. When the prices go high, someone must pay. If the consumers are not paying, then the taxpayers will pay. Will pay, And and that's a stupid solution. Let the consumers pay and then support those households who are living on the small budgets. Separate social politics. Do not interfere in the market, but support those who are living on the small budgets. That's a very important very important point with Martin is making. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we saw Dunske as well saying that they expect uh, profits to return to a more normalized level uh, next year. Does that mean, and others as well, does that mean, Martin, we're out of the energy crisis? Uh, uh, it's diff- I don't want to be like uh, looking into the to the to the future in that way, but but I think that the. Uh, yeah, more and less what you see, at least at the short term, we have been filling up the, the gas storages. And, and one point uh, about what Anna's just said is also that actually people has acted and, and made a lot of energy efficiency and saving. So that is also the way the consumer side actually can react. So we have seen that the people got through this period by doing that, actually. But but as I said before, we also have to like increase the speed of putting up renewable very rapidly, and that's just been this uh, meeting in Österend in, in in Belgium where they've been discussing about 300 megawatt uh, putting up renewable, and I think we have to to speed that up because that's one of the solutions because we have been too much dependent on Russian gas, and when we are pulling that amount out, then 
it's of course it has to to be trouble in some kind of way. So we have to uh, replace that. And and at the moment we are placing on on um, uh, LND uh, terminals. So so that's like the what you can say it's short solutions of, of shipping in the gas. So I think that we we have to hurry up the trans the, the transition. Absolutely. I mean, before I turn to you on this, I'd just like to ask uh, uh, Martin about you know if we return to these these record profits, are you worried that there's going to be increased scrutiny of energy companies in Denmark? You know that uh, there's going to be more people looking at what what these companies are doing and how they're earning their money. I think in every business sector there's a possibility of of scrutiny. You can say. Um, I think you you it's very difficult to say if the amount will will increase you can have this more like theoretical answer that if there's a more opportunities more uh, what you can say uh, people who try their luck will will be there but 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 still I think we have to have the the what you can say the the entry of the market has to be like serious players in in, in the market so I think it's difficult to 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 answer, but we have, of course, to to um, to look out for it, and of course, there has to be the the right supervision in the in the market. Um, and uh, I think that I, I don't think we have to like regulate regulate more heavily, but I think we have to like look into do we have the right amount of supervision in the market. By the regulatory uh, side. I know you have some strong opinions here on this about the the nature of the surveillance regime uh, uh, across the traded energy markets in in Europe. What, what's your view? Before going to that, I'll just support Martin. We need to have investor confidence in uh, confidence among the investors who are going to help us with this green transition. And in order to keep this uh, confidence among investors, the politicians should not intervene in the market. They need to help people do not intervene in the market prices. And then to answer your question, yes, we need more. I don't need. I don't think we need tougher regulation of the uh, trader companies or stuff like that. But I think we. Uh, so you should separate. Do we need tougher regulation of the energy companies? No, I don't think that. And I also think that in the European Union we have remit and a, and a host of other rules. The rules are okay. The rules are fine. You now need to implement them. The, the rules are good. Uh, we now need to implement the rules, and this is where we are. This is where we are behind. Behind uh, where, where we are really, really, really behind, because on the European electricity market we have hundreds of thousands of trade every day, and the same for the gas market. And in order to surveil a market where you have hundreds of thousands of of trace, you can't do that manually. And uh, currently we have uh, more or less uh, 30 exchanges in Europe. And each of these little exchanges, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the resources to surveil the market. Only a pan-European regulator can do that. And of course, even a pan-European regulator, and here we're discussing ASA, even a pan-European regulator cannot manually surveil a market where you daily have more than 100,000 trades you need some really, really high-powered statistics. You need some type of artificial intelligence who can come through this enormous amount of numbers and see if there are strange patterns which should not be there. Only an automatic, high-powered, uh, high-powered IT system can surveil a market with this number of trades. 
But on the other hand, the big number of trades is also an opportunity because if intelligent software can see if there are strange patterns in such a huge number of trades. So it's, it's a problem with the huge number of trades you can't surveil manually. But it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity exactly for IT systems and artificial intelligence. They are tailor-made for this kind of surveillance. But this is, this is going to cost us money. This will cost money. This will cost very, very clever specialists who will build these surveillance systems. And in, we can only spend this amount of money in a pan-European uh, in a pan-European context. Also, because you could, for example, you could manipulate the spot market, take, take home the profit on the financial market. So you need to you need to have a cross surveillance across all the markets and see if there is some strange patterns, a company trading strangely. That, uh, that's, that means we need to have a much, much stronger pan-European market surveillance. And in practice, this means that Asia should have many, many more people, much bigger budgets. We can only hope for a better regulation. We can only hope for a better implementation of the good rules we have if we establish such a pan-European uh, regulation. Absolutely. Um and very uh, strong and complex uh, computing to back that up. But I think, you know, in Denmark, there have been controversial bonus payments, which have led to sackings and now legal cases. There's allegations of market manipulation. Is there an issue uh, could, that this could impact the reputation of energy firms in Denmark, Martin, that somehow, you know, what what's the... That lower their, their 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 ranking in public opinion. There's no uh, no doubt about it, as I started to say that the the whole business is is in the spotlight and and everything something like this comes up. We also have have uh, smaller cases on the retail side in in how you're marketing to your customers and so on. And adding that all that up, of course, it's undermining the trust of the of the sector. So, so we are we are of course not happy about these uh, these cases. But as Anna said before, no nobody has been just judged yet. So <laughs> we of course had to look. But but of course the the bonuses. If you take that for instance, we as a as a sector has uh, made steps to 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 prevent this in the future. Of course, because that's not uh, acceptable to have uh, bonuses with no limit. That's uh, we have. Uh, we do not support that, and that doesn't uh, our members don't do that as well. So that's uh, very important to to underline. Absolutely, especially in the backdrop of the cost of living crisis that for for you know and, and the the people that are struggling that Anders mentioned. But do you just a, a fine? Uh, yeah, sorry, Martin. Yeah, yeah I just had uh, one thing to what what Anna said. I, I, I won't comment in in detail, but I I think we of course are always open to look into solutions and how can we surveillance the market but but i think it's important if you go into that system that there's a transparency that that it is not acer who's like closed having closed doors and you are not able to as a market player to look into what is actually happening but if the surveillance surveillance is in a transparent way uh, i think we will uh, look into that with with the uh, with open eyes in, in but of course we have to see the the current uh, the, the concrete uh, uh, solution. A final word, Anders. Uh, do you fear a regulatory backlash in the weeks, months ahead? Yes, I do. The politicians, not only also in Denmark, but also elsewhere, 
they are eyeing these huge profits and they think that they have been made at the expense of consumers, which is luckily not the case, but we have a pedagogical problem explaining that. So yes, I do fear not a regulatory backlash, but a political backlash. Certainly to be continued here, gentlemen. But as you say as well, no one's been convicted yet. So that's that's also important to bear in mind. But thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining the Monta Weekly Podcast. Thank you very much.